Welcome to Folk Tales. I'm Dominic Zamet, director at Boat Folk, and throughout this series I'll be joined by a wealth of guests from the UK's boating community who will be sharing their stories of lives spent in, on or by the water. This is a podcast by Boat Folk for Boat Folk, and I hope you enjoy listening. Today I'm joined by Adrian Crook, ex-fireman, ex-merchant Navy navigator and current sea school owner and berth holder at Weymouth Marina. Hi Adrian, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure Dominic, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And how are you? How are you faring in, in lockdown take two? Very good, <laughs> plenty of housework to do. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> well, well, look Adrian, we were really delighted to have you on the podcast with us and you've got an amazing story and uh, I wanted to start at the beginning if that's okay. So tell us how you first got into sailing. Well, it's quite unusual really. When I was 10 years old my wife's father taught me to sail oh wow fantastic during this Cubs and Sea Scouts between us it wasn't love at first sight but the, the relationship blossomed over the years but I've, I've been basically sailing boats since 1968 fantastic and, and and what is it that sort of kept you interested and kept you coming back to the water since then I, I think it, it's the, it's the only environment I've ever been involved in and I've, I've done lots of other sports I've got international captain for three different sports and the it's the only environment where I'm totally captivated. I don't daydream. I, I just enjoy the moment. And I don't care if I'm on the paddleboard in a canoe or, or sailing a yacht or a powerboat. I just, you know, just love the environment. That's incredible. And I think a lot of our boating community can probably sympathise. So look, you, you had a sort of short stint in the Merchant Navy. What were you doing and, and how long were you there? Okay, I was there for just under seven years. And uh, I finished as a, as a second officer, a second mate. My primary role was the ship's main navigator. And basically, I had the privilege to, to sail on tankers ranging from 28,000 tonnes to some of the world's biggest at 316,000 tonnes around the world and just loved it. And I, I still, if I'm honest, I still missing, uh, miss being on the bridge of a ship. Do you? Oh, goodness. Uh, I mean, do you ever get any, any opportunity to get on that sort of vessel anymore? Not anymore, but I keep my interest up. Obviously, being a, a yacht master instructor, and I'm teaching day skipper courses and above that we can get into... So let's say old-fashioned navigation with uh, not not so much use for electronic aids. So I, I keep my hand in that way, but uh, I do miss the the collision avoidance um, schemes and things like that when, when on the bridge of a ship and. and pure sextant work etc but that's me as an old romanticist <laughs> that's great and, and what about your time in the fire service you were there for quite a long time i understand so tell us a little bit about that well i joined the fire service in at the end of 83 and uh, when i joined um, i was one of the first graduates to join the fire service but everybody started off at the as a firefighter i spent 30 years in the fire service uh, very fortunate i served in in several brigades uh, attended some very satisfying incidents and also some very sad incidents. Um, well, I finished up as uh, deputy fire officer of uh, Buckinghamshire, but the fire service is very good to me. It's a, it's a role I think people admire in the public. Is that we're always in the, the spotlight, so to speak, and uh, we seem to have a good rapport with the public. But very satisfying career, and I suppose that reinforces my navy mantra that into my sailing school, where my ethos is one of safety and getting people to enjoy it. Absolutely. And, and I mean, is that something that you feel very passionately about, I mean, safety on the water? Oh, oh absolutely. I, th- I think if I look at the boating industry, I've got some fairly strong opinions on it, but most people want to buy boats to take their loved ones or their children with them, etc. And my view is that let's do it in the, in the safest way that we can so everybody comes back at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and I think also importantly that people aren't frightened off. I've had so many students where their wives have been frightened um, because of the, and you probably can't publish this, we call it the dick on the stick. 
<laughs> Very good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, the on the stick, but um, the, the key thing is for everyone to enjoy it and uh, part the egos. <laughs> no, quite right. That's amazing. And I mean, on top of everything, you know, Merchant Navy through to the fire service, you've also competed uh, at an international level. So, I mean, how, how did you get into competitive sailing? Um, again, I've been I've been racing dinghies since about. 1974, 1975, and went from there, variety of dinghies, windsurfing, catamarans, and my wife and I were lucky enough to be chosen to represent Wales in, in sailing, and so we sailed catamaran for Wales for about two years. Um, and I'm, I'm very That's lucky incredible. that my wife's a, a good sailor in her own right. Also, I've, I've got to say, I was lucky to have a, a very good contact in the Welsh sailing team, so that probably helped. And <laughs> I've been racing, sure, nepotism. Uh, yeah, and I've been sailing, uh, racing offshore yachts since 1984. That's great. And successfully, presumably, uh, had some good wins? Well, absolutely. I think um, certainly with the one cork week before, um, on the national championships, the, um, the current boat mojo, most of our sailing was local, but I, I suppose my, my pride time from my current boat was, um, apart from two crew everybody else was had never sailed before we took them from scratch for being exceptionally competitive and winning quite a number of events so the fact we managed to get a really good cohesive team from people that had never sailed before was that it was a real pride moment for me absolutely and are you still competing now not at the moment it's it's a conflict running the sailing school and running your racing yacht are two different things see to make your racing yacht competitive you're going to take so much of the the coding safety equipment off the boat so hard to do but Right. I still do a bit of what in the sailing world we would call jockeying. So I still get invited to sail one or two other yachts uh, if the chance comes up. That's fantastic. So, I mean, for the last couple of years, you've been um, offering sail tuition through Weymouth Sailing School. Tell us a little bit about that. What are you, what are you offering and, and who are you working with? Okay, well, we, well we're an RYA training centre, so we offer the, the full gambit of RYA training in yachts and in, and in motorboats and in, in powerboats. We, we also do own boat tuition. I've done a bit with Dina Redihoff in Weymouth Marina in the past, offering free tuition and bursting drills for people. And, and the whole thing is it's the always. But I think the, the, the shame about the industry is you, you can go to Southampton Boat Show when it's running, step on a stand, spend uh, either several or several hundred thousand pounds, never having been on the water before. And uh, it's a shame a bit more because the idea is, is, as you will know yourself, being on a boat, things can go wrong very quickly. So a little bit of tuition and a bit of Absolutely. guidance can go a long way to having a safe time. Very much so. And, and I mean, what, what sort of mix of people are you getting coming, coming through the school? Are you seeing a lot of young people getting into, into sailing or is it people that are, are retiring and, and purchasing their first boat or is it a good healthy mix? It, it, it's, it's actually a real mix. And um, one thing we specialise in is, is shorthanded sailing techniques. So just couples recognising if one person falls off and you're only left with one person to pick them up. But no, it's, it's a real mix. And we've, we've, we've had everything from family groups ranging from 10, 12, or well, 14 years old to their parents. We seem to have found a little niche in recent years, people wanting to charter boats abroad and therefore they need, they, they need a qualification. And whilst um, lockdown did us no favours and some, uh, the COVID hasn't, um, in other ways it's been good because we've now got lots of inquiries from people that, have decided they would like to get into boating for the first time. And we're dealing with people everything everything from the age of 18 there up to the, the mid-60s. That's fantastic. That's a lovely thing to hear. And, you know, obviously that that's good news for, for the boat folk community. Out of four students I've had in the past 18 months, they've all bought boats and become 
folk, folk bearholders. Oh, have they? Fantastic. Well, that's that is music to our ears. <laughs> that's good to know. I mean, so so look, you're based in in Weymouth. What is it that attracts you to the place, and what what do you love about it? Well, I think uh, I came here many years ago for the Weymouth Jazz Festival, and uh, I'm a sucker for old harbours. Obviously, being ex Navy, absolutely. Just, just fell in love with the harbour. Uh, and if you look at Weymouth, there are very few towns, probably in, in Europe, if not the world, where you can actually sail directly into the town centre. Yeah, no. Um, Bertie Boat instead of shore. And um, it, it, I think it's got a heritage that's fantastic, maybe very much undersold, I believe. Probably one of the safest beaches that there is. Clean water and unfettered sailing waters. We're not busy like the Solent. And we've also got from, I suppose... A teaching perspective that the trip from Weymouth to the Solent has everything you can put into a, a teaching exercise. You know, from St Albans Head, you've got pool, you've got the Parlotage and Pool Harbour, you've got the Needles Channel. So it, it's a great place from which to launch and sailing. And um, it's, it can't put, I can't put a figure on it really, but every time we go abroad, whether it's Barbados, the Caribbean, every time we drive back over the Ridgeway and, and look down in Weymouth uh, Bay, just think, wow, aren't I lucky to live here? Uh, I mean, you know, we obviously think it's a very special place indeed, and and I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you. Where would you be your sort of perfect cruising destination from Weymouth? Where would you spend uh, an afternoon or a day if you were going off for a, a cruise from Weymouth Marina? If if you take a motorboat, I think Paul's fantastic, and the Solent. Absolutely. For a yacht, it takes a little bit longer. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the, the, the Solent's a great sailing, and uh, as berth holders uh, with boat trip, we've got the advantage of going to the Solent. Of our night stays in um, East Cowes or in Hasler, so that, that's that's a great draw. Crossing the Channel is great. The, the West Country is always a difficult one because you end up with the wind on the nose there. And uh, <laughs> Lime Bay isn't the isn't the best of set nice places to sail, but it, it's a great launch pad. Strangely enough, our, our record for coming back from uh, Cherbourg in Mojo is four and three quarter hours, which isn't bad for a forty foot sailing yacht. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, but it's a great pad. <laughs> My favourite destinations are Channel Islands and the Brittany Coast. Yeah, can't beat it. No, that's great. Um, and, yeah, how long have you been a berthholder at Weymouth then? How long have you been with us? No, we've been berthholders uh, consistently since 2004. Fantastic. And have you had Mojo that whole time or have, have you had other boats with us? No, we've got we've got Mojo. We've also got an 8.4-metre Scorpion with you as well. Excellent. Uh, and the other boat we run from the sailing school is a 25-foot motor launch called Sirius, which is owned by a partner of mine. So we've got three boats operating in the school from the folk folk at the moment. Fantastic. One of the other things that we can add to your um, set of skills is is that you're the current Commodore of the Royal Dorset Yacht Club. So how, how did that come about? Technically, I'm not at the moment. No, um, <laughs> my, my wife's the current Commodore. Oh, is she? There's some <laughs> no, uh, intermarital uh, competition there. <laughs> well, what, what happened was um, I took over the Commodore ship at the end of... 2013, I think it was, and uh, for just over three years. And it wasn't intended, but my, my wife ended up as the Commodore following me. She's still there after four years, but its history is unparalleled, I think. I can talk you to that one day, but it's, it's got such a fascinating history. Its connections with the royal family are amazing. It's still one of the two patronages that the Duke of Edinburgh has maintained. Wow. And the club itself was, was founded by His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales. Back in 1875. Fantastic. Queen Victoria's Great history, great clubhouse, great place to be. And uh, I'd like to say that the, the team we've got in now, we, we, we've turned the club around from, let's say, being significantly in debt 
six, seven years ago to now being very healthy and profit. So that's been, again, a very proud moment. And we're able to offer the club to Boat Croak um, members and to all members of the sailing community. That's fantastic. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, coming to the close, but I've got two two final questions for you. Um, one is, where's your favourite place to race? You know, you, you've done some fantastic international racing. Where's your Where's your favourite um, destination for racing? I've, I've got to say, well, I think there's two events. One is around the island. Yep. And I wouldn't call it around the island race a race, but it's probably the most amazing sailing spectacle in the world. Absolutely. But for pure racing, I'd say the Pembrokeshire coast, South Wales, or over in Ireland in Cork. Fantastic. You're straight away from the, both those destinations or sailing venues. You're into large open water spaces and, and the Atlantic, etc. It's, it's brilliant. But um, we don't do too bad in Weymouth. We've got really good waters here. Excellent. That's good to hear. And finally, then, what does boat folk mean to you? I, I think certainly it's, it's always been, my mind, very professionally run, very friendly, particularly going back from Russ, Alistair, now Neil in Weymouth Marina. You couldn't ask to meet nicer people or a nicer team. And I think what boat folk really offers a complete package for those berth holders wanting to take advantage of it. So you've got 11 marinas now. You've got the boat care package if people want that for maintenance. So I think what it offers is a total package and it's widespread as well. So berth holders don't need to confine themselves to the South Coast. You can now get round into the Irish Sea, round into, into Wales. So I think there's a tremendous amount to offer and any birth holder and potential birth holders as well. Wonderful. Well, look, thank you so much for your time today, Adrian. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing about you and hearing about um, everything that you've been doing throughout your life. And I'm sure plenty of our listeners will enjoy listening to your interview. So thanks very much. And I'll look forward to speaking again soon. Okay, Dominic, and stay safe and well. If there's anything we can do for you or the birth holders from Wembley Sailing School, please don't hesitate to contact us. Absolutely. Well, what a fantastic chat with an even more fantastic story. Hope you enjoyed listening and that we see you for the next episode of Folktales soon. 